0: Attention, ladies and gentlemen. We're now arriving in Detroit. Once again, this is Detroit Woodward Street Station. And thank you for riding Amtrak. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goddamn! Totally. One of those weeks already, and it's Monday. Is it? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, welcome again to the Weizendel Weekly Wrap Up. Uh, I apologize. I'm coming with such urgency. We just did a take one and uh, Felix forgot to hit record on the uh, interface, but anyways, welcome. Um, We are at the Wasserman Projects down in Detroit and I have a very special guest with me uh, who helped uh, facilitate some of the meetings this week. So go ahead, you can introduce yourself.
1: Hey Felix, again. (laughs) Um. So
0: so silly.
1: It happens. It happens. I know. I know. Um, Anyway, hello. I'm Allison Wong, and I am the director and curator of Wasserman Projects.
0: Perfect. And how long have you been at Wasserman Projects?
1: I've been here (laughs) as the director for about five years. um, When we moved into this location in 2015. Um, I joined the team so we have our our big five year anniversary coming up this September
0: are you guys doing anything special for the five year or how
1: well (laughs) (laughs) something's changed
0: yeah right exactly some questions have changed since take one um
1: so no I mean something's changed around the world oh Oh, yes yeah absolutely
0: I'm sorry I thought you were talking about the line of questioning no 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 that's too
1: funny um yeah we we did have a big Exhibition planned, which we did decide to to hold off on, so we are taking a totally new approach. We About. will open our fall season on September 17th, um, and we are collaborating with a local design group, um, Form and Seek, um, actually, an international design group that's currently based in Detroit. Oh, cool. um, so we will have over 20 some designers um, showcasing works that are characteristic of the title of the show, which is Never Normal. So okay. rethinking design nice. um, and that'll be paired also with a number of artists that we've worked with previously at Wasserman Projects. Um, so a giant group show Very focusing cool. a lot on the local. Um, and and I think it's just a great way to to rethink what's happening in the world around us, yeah. you know, direct a little bit of support inward again, um, which we you know we we often do in our programming mixing it together but we work with a lot of international artists as well so mm-hmm. this way you know we keep it keep it homegrown yeah um, is
0: that going to be in person or is that going to be ticketed that's, a, that's a
1: great question <laughs> you know who knows what things things are going to look like this fall yeah um you know the it's not trending well <laughs> right now, I know. Um, you know, and it's a it's a something we're taking very very seriously. So, since July, um, for for a previous exhibition, we did start opening up to the public by appointment only. Um, all all single family visits are limited to groups of four, mm-hmm. um, and that that went very well. Nice. So so we'll continue with that, and as as things change or shift we will we will do so accordingly but um but taking taking extreme caution
0: yeah for sure um yeah and talk a little bit about like how you got to the position that you're in and how you got with the gallery or and and how you started your career sure because if you could comment on that
1: absolutely so um as you know, from take one long, long, long roundabout way. But, you know, this is always, it's always been a passion for me to, to work in the arts, um, working in galleries and museums, um, is where I kind of got my start. Mm-hmm. Um, but originally studied studio art, um, as a painter. Um, I studied at the Maryland Institute college of art. Do you in still
0: Baltimore.
1: paint? I do. Okay, I great. Do.
0: Gosh, like, great. I thought you were going to say, no, know. I was going to like, inside a no, little bit no <laughs> no I
1: think that that's that's a huge important part oh, of, of, of my practice you know and okay. I see them as being really intertwined mm-hmm. um you know getting to understand the drive for artists and um, as an artist I mm-hmm. think you know informs what I do as a curator and a yeah. director um yeah. I have to say, I'm not painting as much as I used to, sure, you know, five, sure. ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but there, there is still, there is still some activity in that awesome. department. Awesome, um, <laughs> happens in the in the dead of night when the rest of the world is sleeping. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you've uh, definitely been, um, a- as we said in take one. You know, uh, the week this will come out sometime in September, but uh, this week is pretty busy for the gallery and a lot of coordination. Um, if you could just talk about a little bit about like how it is to what it's like to run a gallery of this size. And I know that you said that uh, the gallery started in Birmingham and then came to Detroit. To, and,
1: yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can kind of fill in that story a yeah. little bit. Um, <laughs> so, so the gallery was founded um owner and founder of the gallery is Gary Wasserman. Um, Gary is, was born and raised in, in Michigan. Um, he, had been involved in a lot of different arts organizations, arts and music, um, sits on boards of numerous organizations um, and also is a collector. So he, um, he had spent a lot of time outside of Detroit um, with his primary business that brought him to Florida and Germany. um, But he always kept his roots here in Michigan. Um, And in about 2010, he had a number of friends and colleagues interested in what was happening in Detroit at kind of the, the start of the resurgence as, mm-hmm. as it's been written mm-hmm. about um, mm-hmm. or talked about as. Um. And so, you know, like, like most people, you you don't believe everything that you read. Mm -hmm. And he he was a little skeptical, I think, um, as he described it and coming back to Detroit and seeing how things were things were changing because he was here in the thick of it. Um, But he he came back and he in his words said that he did not just drink the Kool-Aid, that he took a nosedive in, you know, doing the backstroke. And he wanted he wanted to have a part. He wanted to help um, in some way. And and, you know. Grow the arts and cultural industry mm-hmm. here. Um, mm-hmm. So when he had started, I mentioned we opened up in this location in 2015, but the gallery actually took a a, a test run in Birmingham um, in 2015 or sorry 2013, um, and you know it was his first first uh, time tackling what it was to own an art gallery. Um, and that informed a lot of how we shaped our mission for what we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want to just have a traditional commercial gallery while it's an incredibly important part of the arts ecosystem. Yeah. Um, he wanted to do something that, that, was, that was more personal and more meaningful for him and, mm-hmm. and hopefully for artists as well. So one core part of our mission is to help facilitate projects for artists that might not otherwise be possible and what that means is a lot within our model is that we're not rotating exhibitions every month Mm -hmm. Um, we are spending sometimes a year two years in advance in development with the artists to to talk about the show to really get to know who they are to build a relationship with them Mm -hmm. and work collaboratively to to design these site-specific, um, oftentimes very, very large-scale and elaborate installs here in our space.
0: And, and are they are you reaching out to them, or are they reaching out to you? I guess it's just a mixture of the two, right? It's all organic. Yeah, it's all you organic, know, okay. You know, I think
1: that <laughs> a lot of times it's, you know, again, it's it's about that relationship building. It's mm-hmm. about getting to know people. So, you know, I will do hundreds of studio visits and and maybe one out of those is somebody that we explore working with, um, to build out an exhibition. Um, sometimes there are referrals from artists that, that we've worked with in the past, um, introductions that are made in that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes artists do reach out to us and we, we never turn anyone away. We're always open to have a conversation. You know, that's the idea is that this is, this is for, this is for everyone. You know, right. the outcome might be different from, you know, right. all the different scenarios, but, yeah. but we want to encourage, a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. About art, yeah, and how important
0: it is. Yeah, and and I know we were talking about like how uh, COVID has obviously affected a lot of things, and I guess if you could speak on more of the traditional sense about going to art fairs, representing different art fairs. Um, yeah. Are you participating in that pre-COVID? Were you guys participating in that, those sort of things? That's
1: a great question. And that sort of ties back into to our mission of creating mm-hmm. these art experiences. And as I mentioned, with our with our typical calendar, mm-hmm. doing about four shows, four big shows every year that run you know, two to three months. Um, we, we don't have a traditional relationship with artists um, as as a commercial gallery would in representing artists. Mm-hmm. So we do not officially represent any artists. Everything is a case by case. Um, so we might consign the works that are here on display. Um, and and it's really trying to, to rethink that relationship between gallery and artist or yeah. institution and artist. Yep. Um, you know, being in Detroit, it's a, it's still kind of like an unconventional system, right? Yeah. Um, we, we have some of the most incredible artists based out of Detroit um, with a handful of galleries, with you know, a handful of, of collectors um, who we do have here. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, is, it does set up different scenarios than other cities like Chicago, where you're based, um, yeah. or New York, L.A., and so on. Yep. Um, and so with that, you know, that exclusivity that typically comes with representation where mm-hmm. an artist would be obligated to only show with that gallery, that gallery would have exclusive rights to sell that work. Um, it's limiting on other opportunities that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Detroit has incredible unconventional spaces like ours. Um, artist runs, independent organizations, nonprofits. Um, so... So with that, you know, we don't want to take away that opportunity for artists and and then kind of circling back to your question about the fairs. Yeah, because we're not offering, you know, in exchange for that exclusivity to show those artists, you know, typically galleries will take take artists to fairs and then provide opportunities Um, since we're not engaging in that same relationship. Our focus is really here. Um, mm-hmm. The fairs are incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and we we always go. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, we do you participate? As, <laughs> we participate <laughs> okay, as visitors, good. which is so great because yeah. I don't have to stand <laughs> at a booth for, like, 18 hours a day. Sometimes, um, <laughs> like,
0: when you see those people at the booths, like, it's yeah. so, like, you feel for them, but at the same time, it's like, oh, man. Totally, Especially, like, totally. on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, you know they're just ready to leave. And Yeah. I mean, that they're...
1: They're, they're incredibly important. they are a lot of work, but it's, yeah. you know, it is very market driven. It is not about that stepping into an immersive site specific installation feeling. Yeah. You know, you're not spending an hour checking out that booth, you right, know, right. and we're not spending months building out that booth. Right. So, so being here, the brick and mortar of the space is quite important yeah. where we are being mm-hmm. in Detroit is really important. Mm-hmm. So the fairs didn't kind of fit into that model for us. Um, gotcha. you know, and that may change. I mean, that's the other thing is that we are, we are flexible and adaptable. It's another big part of our mission. Um, mm-hmm. it's, what our community needs what our audience wants that changes um we can't just be fixed and this is our mission this is our program Mm. you know we want it we want it to be productive
0: total tangent uh did you (laughs) like what did you think about the 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 comedian uh the banana at art Basel?
1: yeah what did you think i I
0: have to get your opinion on it obviously. obviously
1: you know i think in some ways it's you know I mean as controversial as it is I think it's brilliant
0: right you yeah. know
1: I think that, <laughs> that that's in in a lot of ways it's what we're doing here it's about it's about the concept it's about the mm-hmm. ideas behind the work It's yeah. it's not just about the physical objectness of it yeah um, and you know with a piece like that you're what you what the collector is buying is it, the certificate absolutely right? yeah. Um, yeah and and I, I think about an artist that we showed um, a couple years ago, Sarah Mayojas was um, creating a parallel between financial investment and the visual art world. Um, and that's you know, something obviously that mm-hmm. that goes hand in hand, yep, right? Drives the market um, for sure. But with that, what you're buying when you collect art, when you invest in art, you're not paying for the materials, right? This isn't like, how much did this corian cost? How much did this acrylic cost? And then yeah. you total those things up, and this is the market value of it. Yeah. What you're buying, what you're investing in is that idea. It's what does it mean? What mm-hmm. is it, you know, where did it come from? In the mm-hmm. artist's head, in the artist's heart, yep. you know? You're, you're investing in this concept. <laughs> um And that's it's beautiful. Right? It's and
0: it's so abstract for people to sometimes wrap their heads around. Like sure. what? Like I'm buying that. And I'm like, yeah. It's the idea. It's the concept that that you're buying into. So, but and, then which of I course, cannot, is,
1: you know, with 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 the piece, you know, the, it's, yeah, it's poking a little fun at that structure. Oh, too, absolutely, right?
0: absolutely. And I can't wait to dive into the artwork we're sitting in front of right now. Um but, yeah, that was a huge, I mean, even it, it opens up the conversation. It reaches so many corners. Like, even my mother uh, was asking me, you know, well, what did you think about that piece? And someone who doesn't really comment on art, like mm-hmm. mainstream art. Um, and I, th- I think, like, that was interesting, too, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. it opens up the spectrum of, of people hearing about it. And, of course, you know, people who who are don't really um I guess, attend art shows or things like that. It, it's the typical, oh, that's, that's just artists being artists, like when they see stuff like that, because it's yeah. so extreme, right? The concept, the idea. Yeah, um, yeah it's crazy. Um, so changing on to the uh, COVID and, and not doing more of the traditional uh, spaces, I know that you have uh, like a live broadcast going on, or have you seen everything kind of go online too? Yeah. Or how, was, how was that pivot?
1: That was – that was a huge change for us, you yeah. know, like it's talking about so many of these shows that we put together. It's about physically being here. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, being immersed in these environments that mm-hmm. we've installed, physically walking around pieces and seeing them in person. So it was hard. Yeah. I mean, I think with this with this show that just recently ended, um, we were scheduled to open on March 13th, Friday mm. the 13th. <laughs> and just days literally like three <laughs> days prior yeah um, we had our first cases in Michigan so I can't even begin to tell you how heartbreaking that was we were working around the clock I mean just not sleeping trying to like race to that deadline of our opening reception and um and you know, luckily, you know Gary had the foresight to call and and say like, you know, we really need to think about this. We've got to cancel the opening. And yeah, and it was absolutely without any question the right call. Absolutely, we were bringing in five six hundred people to an opening, if not more. Yeah, um, and so just kind of rallying rallying the team and the artists to sit mm-hmm. down and say that like you know at that time we had no idea you know there was the always, scale of it yeah, right yeah i know i mean there's that hope like okay well maybe we can have a closing reception yeah in may. <laughs> and then come may you know like let's extend the show i know we're august. in august yeah <laughs>
0: jeez louise and it's going so you fast know, and
1: it, it was it was hard but like you know we're we're artists we're creatives mm-hmm. yeah you know this is we we come up with creative problem solving and mm-hmm. so so we were you know we stepped up to the challenge and you know got all of our documentation in place and um, we ended up doing a number of virtual tours and i have to say you know it doesn't replace seeing work in person Mm-mm. but we were able to engage such a broader audience in some ways, you know, you didn't have to live in Detroit or be visiting in town to experience it. Um, so, you know, we had attendees on, on our zoom tours from all over the world. Um, we also had the opportunity, Adrian, um, whose work we're we're sitting among right now is based in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was in attendance with Jordan and Steve Coy, um, Giving an artist-led tour, yeah. so like imagine that, and yeah. an opening with like hundreds of people, yeah, like you you don't get a full hour walk oh, yeah. through with the yeah. artist, no, right? absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. We, so it was great. Yeah, was we really had.
0: Uh, I'm part of the MCA emerge Group, mm-hmm. where for the emerging artists, and we had a uh, an artist-led gallery tour. And it was great. Be only the the only problem was was his artwork used mirrors and a little bit of re- reflectivity in it. Yeah. And you couldn't really get the ide- the full I- experience of it from a camera, which I wish that we could have went there in person. But it was just um, obviously too too dangerous. But uh, it was really interesting to see everybody pivot and still try to to make sure that the art is definitely a little bit more um, at the forefront, but it did open up. I think we had the most in attendance because it's a small group and, you know, of course you go there um, when you can, but it's interesting to see for sure.
1: Yeah. I think you, you know, you, you, you take these and you try to find, you know, the positive in it. You try to, to, to problem solve and, and create new opportunity through Mm it. And, you know, it's, who's to say you're doing the right thing or absolutely. are you doing enough you're and, just doing you know, though and you just <laughs> you just keep pushing through absolutely I mean, to me it is it is so important artists yeah. need so much support right yeah. now and they always Agreed. have right yep. that you know there's something that during all of this being shut down is you know it's just a necessity mm-hmm. but this subconscious feeling of that of being a non-essential business mm-hmm. um you know i think that's that's tricky mm-hmm. um because it is essential mm-hmm. right um art is incredibly vital to how we connect with others how we understand things from different perspectives mm-hmm. um and so any other way that we can communicate those things and provide that moment of beauty of joy of critical thinking yeah
0: um you know we just have to try alternate ways to get that out yeah absolutely absolutely and i uh want to give a shout out to meredith from hayworth um at uh yes at hayworth for introducing us again it's all about relationships and you know i have a pretty strong relationship with the hayworth team in chicago Mm -hmm. and uh she was the first person that uh Reach, you know, she was like, hey, I'm going to reach out to Allison, hardest worker I know, uh, and, and for sure. And I, I want to say thank you for um, everything that you've done for, for this week. Definitely. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's – you know, we, we have to champion – what we've got. And yeah. Detroit's got a lot. Absolutely. And, and Meredith is, is a prime example of that. She is yeah. the best and, and has been a great friend to the gallery. Um, so yes. thanks, Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and
0: comments on the uh, Eastern market. Like, how has that changed within the past five years? I know that uh, murals in the market started, um, I want to say like three years ago, four years ago. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Four, five.
1: Time is such a fluid thing right now. It, uh, very, it really <laughs> but, is. But, but yeah, it's I definitely think, changed. I think three or four years. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the market has changed and then in a lot of ways it hasn't. I mean, the Eastern Market Corporation has done a, a pretty amazing job at keeping yep. its core focus um, on, on food production. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what makes it really special. And I think that's why it was a perfect place for us. Um, it, it has this historic character Mm -hmm. um, and, and function, you know, it's not a city that's been, you know, a neighborhood that's been completely wiped from its past. Um, and then transformed, you know, I think that that's the thing about Detroit and how it's changed in the last five years, 10 years, um, Mm -hmm. and, and continues to adapt. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's not. Detroit is a city that's not trying to rebuild to what it was. It's not a city that is trying to 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 replicate what other cities are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evolving into this totally new thing that's kind of kind of magical. Um, And, you know, not without flaws, not without having to, like, you know, go one step forward, two steps back. You know, it is this moving target. It is this, like, living, breathing thing. And I think that, you know, what I what I love about the city is that our community really pulls together um, and that we're we're generally speaking a very collaborative place. Yeah. Um, And and I think Easter Market has been such a welcoming home for us in that respect, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a, a place 10 years ago where, you know, everyone would come down for the market on Saturdays, yeah. but like ghost town Sunday through, through Monday, yeah, right? Yeah, like, or whatever, yeah. <laughs> from, from Monday to Sunday. Right? I got gotcha. you. It's like yeah. this, um, it's, so there's, there's been a lot of change, different businesses, some that are, some that are thriving, some that are struggling, some, you know, historic businesses that, that have made it through and some that are still, you know, that that we've lost. But, you know, I think.
0: I mean, I I think everybody, not to cut you off, I think everybody has been hit. I mean, everybody's been hit in different ways. I I went to a liquor store before coming here uh, to grab some wine and the liquor store was closed. And it was a pretty big liquor store. And those are like one of the things that everybody says everybody wants is liquor and cigarettes or whatever. And that shop was closed down and you know who's to say why it's shut down, um, but it, it has an effect on everybody yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and what about your like personal collection? What do you like out of your own personal style? Like, if we were to see into Allison's apartment or house, what kind of artwork do you collect?
1: So, that's a great question. So <laughs> so many things. And um, you know, I have a pretty eclectic taste, but that that really perfectly mirrors you know, what we do here at Oscar projects, it it is, it's about this meaningful connection to art. Um, And so it's, it's not just about the aesthetics. Um, So I've I've quite a range of works, but every single piece is by an artist that I've, you know, a a really honest and long lasting friendship with. Um, And I have to say, during the stay at home order to be surrounded by all of my friends. Oh, yeah. You know, like it made every day. okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think that that's that's such a fascinating thing about about living with art and about collecting. And Mm -hmm. that's that's the approach that, you know, we want we want to share with Mm -hmm. folks is, you know, it's so much more than just the raw material of the thing. It's yeah. not just the object. It's all of the ideas behind it. Yeah. It's the concept. It's, it's the person and mm-hmm. their life. Yeah. You know, the person who created it mm-hmm. um, and all of their experiences, all of their thoughts and all of their feelings. Yeah. Um, and so, so each, each piece, it's really, it's more, each piece of my collection is more than, than just the thing in itself. You know, it, it carries, it carries this story
0: mm-hmm. um and i i'm i'm sorry i'm getting so confused on what we did on the first we take in the the first second i don't know if that's <laughs> happening take, to you yeah. too but a
1: little, a little bit so like, if did i we just repeated talk about anything that? sorry about that hopefully it was the same um <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but, well, but wanted... you know one
1: thing we didn't talk about <laughs> felix um in take two is is our little role reversal. I know. So that's what right? I was going to. Yeah. Cause um, I was, and
0: then I was going to lead it into uh, yeah. Adrian's work. But yeah, yeah, if you could talk about the 708 area code.
1: Yeah. So, so my <laughs> 708 area code is just a long standing holdout from where I grew up um, yeah. uh, in the south suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So I, I grew up in Park Forest um, and then later in Homewood. Um, before I moved to Micah to Baltimore for my BFA, and mm. then what brought me here to Michigan is that in 2004 I started my MFA in painting at the Cranbrook Academy of Art in yes. Bloomfield Hills, and I just never left. Um, this is this is home now, and Very I, cool. I love it. And, yeah. And so you, Felix, are from Detroit originally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and based in Chicago now,
0: right? yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I moved to Chicago in 2003 and then uh, went to Harrington, which is an interior design school, which is no longer. So shout out to all my Harrington alum who have no school, no alma mater anymore, and then uh, moved to New York and then came back to Chicago. But uh, Detroit has always been uh, on top of mind and trying to really um, give back and also be a part of those conversations um, that are happening with rebuilding in Detroit. So that's why I'm grateful that now uh, we are able to really connect with people and find out what the work is like and find out what the um, what community is doing, whether it's art or design. And I know throughout this whole week we have various people throughout the mm-hmm. uh, lineup, so I'm pretty excited about all of that. Yeah. But uh, And I wanted to comment on – I I to give a shout-out to Baltimore because last year at Art Basel I saw – a few galleries from Baltimore showing at some of the satellite art fairs, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really nice to see a, a different city in the in the shows because you see okay. all the like the regulars, the New Yorks, the Los Angeles, or San Francisco. Then you see all the the Milan's and the international cities. But uh, I told the guy at the gallery, and I looked through um and i said it's really good to see you guys out here he's like yeah man he's like we're in the conversation now and i goes like that was a perfect response like to the actual larger uh art scene um but yeah so the the Cross pollination between cities like Chicago and Detroit uh, is pretty strong. Obviously, we did the reversal. Yeah. Um, and then, if you could just talk a little bit about uh, Adrian's work here that we're sitting in, for those of you um, listening on the podcast for through the iTunes or Spotify, you can also hit up our YouTube and see the the uh, visuals. So, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So. Yeah, this is this is part of the installation from our spring into summer exhibitions. Um,
0: <laughs> so did it extend? It did. It okay. did. And then now
1: I'm now I'm drawing a blank if we said this in the first take or the second, but we were scheduled to open on March thirteenth, <laughs> right. um, and then extended into middle of August. So we just closed this exhibition, and um, and you know we'll we'll post and we'll take you through some of the the video documentation of the exhibition. Yes. Um, but we, we had a two-person exhibition, um, technically three. So Derota and Steve Coy, um, who are a duo based here in Detroit, um, and paired that with work from Adrian Wong, who um, is based in Chicago currently, a professor at SAIC.
0: I don't, I don't want to cut you off. If you can talk at some point about the setting that Adrian, or not, um, the sorry, Nate and Nate, Nate and yes. I just sat yeah, in. Yeah, totally. Because I think that would totally. be interesting yeah. that people can hear that. And then I can, think this might be a good time that.
1: for it, like, if you were to edit.
0: Right, you know, exactly. They some, cut through. So we,
1: can, we can take care of this in post, <laughs> right? Um, so... So yeah, the the two exhibitions, of the Kois um, and and Adrian Wong, um, was just a project that we were working on for for over a year in development, and it could not have been more timely. Um, so the Kois, a little back history on their work, um, as I mentioned, based based in Detroit, um, they kind of came to to a good bit of recognition based on a, a long-term conceptual art project called the Hygienic Dress League Corporation, the, which they started about 10 years ago. And this concept was really, it's a legally registered corporation in the state of Michigan. Um, it is a corporation who has gone on record as saying their mission is to promote their mission. Um, They sell nothing, they earn nothing, Um, but they're using this as a conceptual platform to talk about commerce, to talk about branding, advertising, so they're operating within the very structure in which they're critiquing. Um, and so with that, these kind of this brand that's very artist, it's, <laughs> that is
0: very, artist. It's, it's,
1: it, it is, it is a very conceptual <laughs> art project, but how it manifests I love it. I love it though.
0: Yeah, no, totally. <laughs>
1: um, but it's really how it manifests. So they've, they've done quite a few projects, um, public works lots of interventions in you know, abandoned buildings, um, on billboards, murals throughout the city. So this is a big undertaking in sort of a gallery setting exhibition. Um, it became quite a bit of a retrospective of their work, but it all stems from the ideas that the Hygienic Dressley Corporation project um, explored and so the executives of this corporation are always you know donned in full um, respirator gas mask wear um, with you know business attire Um, so that became quite quite a logo for their brand Um, and some of the ideas when we started the exhibition we're thinking about climate change and other global issues things that were you know potential catastrophic risks For humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so inadvertently, you know, we're focusing on depletion of natural resources, on, you know, climate change and global warming, but all looped in together is pandemics, global warfare, conflicts, all of these things that (laughs) I mean, honestly, Felix we couldn't have planned it. Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) When Um, Meredith
0: told me about it, I go, it's perfect. Like I literally told her I said how great is that timing she's like yeah they they you couldn't plan it any better for sure
1: and so so all of their their five installations the exhibition is titled the five realms so there are five completely separate immersive spaces um and each of those five realms took a look at at one version of a speculative future Um, So everything from a blackened forest with a life-size gilded in gold uh, rhinoceros to the space that Nate was in, this uh, hypothetical museum, 10,000 years in the future, um, with these fossilized plastic products, um, with a tablet using a number of different um, prescient emojis, um, like the the face mask emoji, aerosols being coughed on another person emoji and pretty you know pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then of course, you know, the 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 bust um uh, wearing wearing a, a respirator. Um so, you know, these are images and things, you know, different different scenarios of what the future might look like if we don't take precaution or change our actions today. Um, The last of the five realms ends in this crazy looking futuristic boutique um, and just like a very high end store aesthetic. Um, But on the shelves in the store are cans of air and water and food. So something that, you know, we really we're there, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, we're like, damn close for sure. <laughs> I think that, you know, given COVID, right, yeah. like access to clean air and water and food is something that not everyone was afforded mm-hmm. during this time. Um, and so it it speaks to, you know, this greed and wealth inequality. It speaks to accessibility of, of you know basic human needs um and then things you know also in the shop for these rhinestone crystal encrusted respirators and so you know that's also something that you're seeing now right um so all of that said you know it's it it was a wild time to have this show um and
0: so do you help the the do you help the artists like, reimagine that as well, or like, what happens to that showing now after that they've left the gallery? Yeah, as I'm very curious because that's so on the nose right now. And totally. it's very, I mean, in order to make all of those pieces of artwork, it probably took a lot of time. And even since the pandemic hit, it would be hard pressed for a designer to make or an artist to make like such great pieces in the time frame to have another show. So how do they capitalize on that wave that's yeah. that that that's created without their doing, but it's very fitting.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great question, you know, and we we do everything we can to help continue supporting artists that we've worked with. So, you know, having conversations about placing some of the large-scale works in, mm-hmm. in public spaces is something that we're working with the koiz on. Um, a traveling exhibition is, is also an opportunity. If yeah. There are other spaces that are interested in taking that on. Um, we would certainly help facilitate that. Um, you know, it's it's always up in the air and yeah. we're we're open to to anything. I mean, it, it's a show that really deserves to be seen. And, and that, again, has been the heartbreaking part of this. Yeah. You know, we had we were lucky to extend it as long as we had, but um, but still didn't didn't get Crazy. nearly the audience that that it should have um had we've been in different circumstances
0: and, yeah and that's unfortunate because yeah. it did it should you know yeah. that's what's yeah. frustrating i'm but, sure you
1: know again we're adaptable and yeah. we'll it will live on we were able to produce a catalog getting great still photography from our photographer pd Rurick. um mm-hmm. we had the entire show uh video documented um i cast corridor films so working with all of our amazing and talented arts professionals here in Detroit, you know, this, this exhibition will live on long, long after, the physical pieces leave our space. Um, so all of that long way to get around to Adrian's work here, um, that, that conversation, you know, what we do, it's quite important to us in in our curatorial vision is creating that, that history and that conversation and creating those connections. So the Kois project is, is, Certainly, you know, all encompassing and, mm-hmm. and really broad sweeping and, and poignant right now. But to put it into a conversation with another artist is something that, you know, helps expand that dialogue. Um, and so while the Koi's are exploring this speculative future, paired with Adrian, who explores the speculative past. Adrian's work is definitely a retrospective, a collection of works that he's created over the past 10 years to present. Um, he was based in Hong Kong for about 14 years prior to, to moving uh, to Chicago about two years ago. Um, and so a lot of this work stemmed out of his time there. Um, and it explores this, this tradition and this past imagery, symbols, icons that that, you know, whether we're aware of them or they're just part of our genetic makeup um they they present themselves in present day design um and and environments so adrian's pulling from a lot of historic elements throughout asian culture um from religion to architecture um and design so it's perfect pairing here, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we're what you can't see on the other side of the screen is we were adjacent <laughs> to where the, the Hygienic Dress League um, Boutique installation was set up and what's happening here in this environment these barber poles are ubiquitous elements throughout Asia that are posted outside of different shopping districts and with this kind of elaborate coded um, vocabulary: These, each color, each thickness of stripe, the speed and direction of rotation—they all communicate something um, very specific to the potential clientele. Uh, and,
0: and that's that is. Like history, or is that something in the concept of the pieces? No, that's, that's something true? that actually happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Just, yeah, making, just yeah, clarifying so, on that. So you
1: could be walking down a shopping district in Hong Kong, and when you see, you know, uh, a, you know, a giant orange and white striped, yeah, uh, you know, uh, barber pole, that might mean that that store carries knockoff Hermes. Gotcha, you know, so, gotcha, gotcha. so each each thing signifies something else. Whether it means you know who the services are are meant for. Mm-hmm. So for brothels, you know what kind mm-hmm. of clientele they're they're appealing to. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be signified by you know like you know stereotypical gendered colors Neons like blue and, and pink, right? <laughs> um, so each one you know intentionally references and, and communicates to to the audience. Um, and so he's taking this concept and what it is, it's you're totally overwhelmed by this cacophony of, of visual signifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Adrian's installations, some of them come from from direct reference points. Some of them become these sort of aesthetic decisions. Um, but they're referenced from different shops that that he would he would see in, in Hong Kong. Um, and and they're intentionally sort of densely layered within this installation. So when when everything gets flipped on, yeah, um, do you want to flip it on? Yeah, sure yeah. thing. Okay, let me uh, detangle myself here.
0: The um, for those of you listening, um, there are three large installations here. Uh, she just flipped it on, and it's interesting the speed and the direction that they're going in as well yeah like like the two back ones are two are going up the one's going down and they're they're moving quite fast rapidly
1: yes
0: (laughs) did did he talk about the um decision on that as well
1: yeah i mean i think it it is meant to be overwhelming it's meant to be dizzying you know like that's that's part of the the allure and the magic of cities like Hong Kong. Yeah, you know, I've never been. I want to go. But like being in this dream state, you're kind of floating through a sea of, of people, of shops, of products, of sounds, smells. You know, it is it is totally a sensory overload. Um, and he's recreating <laughs> that through this you know this rapidly beating rotation. Yeah, I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's great. And how long does the installation like this take? Are, are they, is he sending everything together or how long is it?
1: So a lot of, a lot of stuff happens here on site. So, yeah. um, with Adrian's collection of works, um, a good amount of it was shipped in advance from Chicago, um, on a truck, um, by his, his awesome studio assistant. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, our team with instruction from the artist, we we created the layout and install and, and took care of a lot of that prior to Adrian's arrival. Yeah. And then he came here on site to, to do some some quality some control. Additional yeah. build out. Um, So all of these barber poles that we're sitting around today, um, these were all these were all constructed on site.
0: OK, very cool. Yeah.
1: The different elements were produced in advance and then and then they were assembled here.
0: And then the masses that were sitting in, in yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: so so these are another really interesting story. Um, I'll try to try to give the abbreviated version. Yeah. Um, but again, all of this information is available on our website as well. Um, so these are components that Adrian took and repurposed from a previous uh, exhibition um, called "The Tiger Returns" uh, or "Return to." to Tiger Mountain. Um, <laughs> or, no, I'm sorry. The tiger returns to the mountain. Um, long Messing day. Them all. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you, feel free to edit that out. Anyway, th- these these pieces um, came from a, a previous exhibition of Adrian's in Hong Kong where he was referencing uh, decor and rock formations that were part of the now defunct Tiger Balm Garden, um, which was... Uh, one of Asia's first theme parks Ah. um, established by the purveyors of tiger balm ointment. So it was this kind of mix of so many different historic references from natural land formations to recreations based on illustrations and kind of pulled from every which source. Adrian did quite a bit of research on um, on this amusement park and found historic photographs, which he used to model these these formations after. So some of the colors are actually aged to the photographs themselves. Oh, it nice. gives them this kind of distinct, kind of dusty look to them. Yeah. Um, and then for the exhibition here at Wasserman Projects, we, took, we selected a few of the different rock formations from that installation. He also created some larger compositions, so we brought this one out, um, which is actually one part of a large installation, a composition with a number of different. Can I touch rocks. it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. These it's are all. A... These are all um, molded fiberglass forms. Ah. Uh, okay. Um, so they're they're incredibly durable. It would have been the same process they used for the amusement park. Yeah. Um, so you know these are these will withstand weather. They can be put inside or out. Um, Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty amazing. They feel, again, that like surreal quality feeling feeling small in a big city. Um, You know, even even a city like Chicago, when you're, you know, walking down different districts and, you know, looking at the different shops or, yeah, or these kind of like surreal public parks and things like that. Um, it's almost like you're, you're inside in this piece, this, there's a large, uh, green rock formation to me that it feels very much like an, an aquarium rock where you've been yeah. shrunk down.
0: Right? Yeah. These are great. These are definitely, and, and all of the pieces are for sale then. So I know like the, uh, I, I don't think we touched on that. Yeah. So I know that the, the format or the program is a non-traditional but is it traditional in the sense that everything you see is for sale yes yeah yes. okay um, Gotcha. you
1: know with some very rare exceptions um you know certain things that might be designed to build you know built specifically just in the space so yeah. we do a lot of environmental build out just to set the stage for the works that are for sale but yeah. yes works works are for sale
0: yeah the uh forest the dramatical yes. entrance is very 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 cool so i wonder yeah. how like how is that individual piece for sale or like what would something like that be
1: yeah so um for that particular installation the black forest installation mm. um so the the sculpture that's in it the the focal the point gold, gold yeah. rhinoceros um yeah. that that piece is available gotcha. um but then the individual components of the installation you know they're they're natural felled branches that we we scavenged throughout the city and painted and installed individually awesome. one at a time. You know, if a client were interested, you know, we would happily recreate something like that. But it's yeah. so it's, you know, it's so specific to to the size and shape of the space right. that right. Um, it wouldn't be exactly. That.
0: Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell us uh, anything else uh, going on that everybody should be aware of. Like I said, it'll probably come out in September. I don't know. Uh, any initiatives or any different exhibitions
1: yeah, um, that will be so, running at that time? So I think you did mention with our our fall show, um, we are we're focusing focusing back here to Detroit with a number of different, but over twenty designers, um, and that should be a really. Really great way to kind of think about think about art and design and how critical it is to to our experience mm-hmm. in in life, just navigating our day to day. Especially yeah. as so many of us are spending more time at home than maybe ever. Um, you know, our relationship to objects. These these things are. Um, they, they have personalities, you know, mm-hmm. they change the way that, that you might feel mm-hmm. at a given moment or, or your ability to function. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, anyway, I think that that show should be really great. With yeah. it, we have a new initiative that I'm, I'm quite excited about, um, as we are, like I said, constantly adapting, and, and especially now, um, given COVID, we are launching Wasserman Works, which is an online shop so in addition to our large scale exhibitions, we'll be able to focus on some lower price point um, accessible um, objects design and fine art objects um, all within a price uh, you know a price point five thousand yeah, dollars and under. Yeah. All all available online, all kind of scaled appropriately to, to do a quick pack and ship um, worldwide. So Awesome. This way I think it's it's a great opportunity to to engage a broader number of artists um, and and collectors. You yeah. Know, bring, yeah. Bring a little bit of joy and a little bit of art into your homes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you. And thank you again so much for, for the help for this week. And where can people follow what wa- excuse me, Wasserman projects or um, anything, social media or website?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Our website is www.wassermanprojects.com. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and and yeah, definitely. Um, please take a look. It's it's always exciting. Like I said, even though the shows do rotate and the works come down, mm-hmm. um, we we make sure to have a really strong archive of all of our past exhibitions and. And I encourage everyone to to look at at some of the past artists we've worked with. Like I said, they're they're like you know extended members of our family. family yeah. And, um, and you yeah. know we we think that they're doing such amazing work, and we want to continue promoting it and and making sure that they have you know they have an audience and a healthy career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Forward. All right. Well, thank you, Allison. Get some rest. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for everything for sure. Of course. Alrighty. Thank
1: you.